Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most, Phil Better, and I am very, very happy to introduce our guest today. They are a master healer and educator, international radio host, public speaker and author of The Heart's Journey, Healing Hearts, Oracle Cards, and Guidebook, and Falling into Being Human, Intuitive Healing, the manual for her highly regarded healer certification program, the Confident Healer, an intensive intuitive healer certification program. Our guest is also the creator of the Intuitive Energy Massage Practitioner Certificate and Innovative New Energy Healing Modality. She is also an essential oils and plant medicine enthusiast. But I always love those people who go out outside the regular norms of entrepreneurialism because it brings in new ideas. Um, our guest also is a fellow Canadian living out in Van, uh, Victoria. So I always love having them on the show with her two daughters, her husband, and her labradoodle, which maybe makes an appearance in this episode. <laughs> When not holding space for her clients' healing journeys, she can be found combing the local branches for clams, uh, sorry, the local beaches for clams and oysters, or tromping through forests searching for wild mushrooms and plant medicines. Please welcome our guest, Megan Edge. Megan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Phil. I'm excited to learn everything about you, how you got into, you know, uh, plant medicine, about the quote-unquote alternative healing methods if you will i don't believe they're alternative i just believe they're another form of healing we have here in this world we have our the science base but we also need that nature because we come from nature so i'm happy you're here happy to learn all about you but before we begin can you give us like a 30 second intro of who you are 30 seconds if you want it can go longer than 30 i just say 30 because a lot of people are like okay 30 seconds i can do that well, you did such a beautiful job of encapsulating so many of the different things that I do in the different areas in which I do healing work uh, for others. I, I would start by saying that I'm a generational forager. I was brought up in a family of foragers, and so my connection to nature has always been extremely strong and very grounding for me as I, as I do my work as an entrepreneur. Uh, I am a mother. Um, I'm a wife. I've got two beautiful little daughters, and as you alluded to, our dog, Frankie, whose full name is Frankie French Fry. Uh, she, I know her name. There's a good story as to why she's called Frankie French Fry. Um, anyway, she may make an appearance. She might come down the stairs and and, and say hello. Uh, yeah, I think that's 30 seconds. That's about 30 seconds. I, I'll accept that um, 30 seconds. Um, how did you get started? Like, what was it that prompted you to go down and share your knowledge in, uh, in healing? There's a couple of things that come to mind when, when I'm asked that question. Um, the first is that even as a little girl, I was, I was the one who was saving the birds and the worms after the storms, that I was always bringing something home to my mom to have her help me look after it, you know, the pigeon in the shoebox scenario. So it's always been something that I gravitate towards is to be helpful, to be of service, to ask, how can I help? when I see that there's a need for that. And then more specifically, how did I start my work as a healer? Because that's not the work that I always did. I mean, I've done many different things. I've worked in retail, I've worked in banking, I've, I've done so many different kinds of jobs. Um, 
but this work, this work as a healer really came uh, after the death of, death of my mother when I was in my early 30s. And she'd had a very long and um, painful relationship with her body and with life in general. And she was in very poor health when she passed away. And I, I watched as she struggled with mainstream medicine, what was available to her at the time, and how really, at the end of it all, it failed her. And it, it was there for her in ways that were beneficial at times, but really for the most part, only when it was an emergency. In terms of sustaining her health or helping her be well and be healthy, it wasn't something that was in the parameters of mainstream medicine that she was accessing. And I felt after her death that she shouldn't have died. I mean, I, I do believe we all have our time and, and place, and it's not that it was wrong for her to have died. It's just that she shouldn't have. There, there could have been things that could have been done that would have helped her so that she didn't have to be in that kind of anguish mentally as well as physically. So that was, that was one of the starting points for where I thought there must be something more. There must be something different. There has to be a better way for people to be healthy. And then if they're not healthy, get healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, shortly after she passed away, I became pregnant with my first daughter. And so there was children showing up and, you know, having to, not having, but being the mom and doing that work. When my youngest daughter was diagnosed with severe anaphylaxis allergies, the same question came into my mind of, okay, well, what can we do about this? Because all the doctors that we were seeing were saying, well, I guess this is how she's going to be for the rest of her life now. Just make sure you've always got your EpiPen. And, and she's two years old. I mean, that's an incredible thing to tell a parent. Mm -hmm. And to know that this is how she's going to have to live her life with an EpiPen all the time, just in case she eats the wrong food. Um, and so at that point, I really... I really got very clear with myself that I wanted to learn how to offer people alternative ways of holistically healing themselves or being in and being in good health so that they can live their lives to the fullest and enjoy it to the fullest. You know, starting with someone like my mother and the situation that she was in and then into this beautiful little daughter who, who was being told, you're just going to have to deal. Uh, so those are the those are the reasons why and how I got into this being now my work. I love that. That's so interesting. How it, and it, it's it, it harkens back to other entrepreneurs that we've had on the show, where it's something personal or a problem that they needed Ooh. to solve, and you were looking at like, look, my mom. Yes, modern medicine helped because it helped in some ways. But the more basic need, the more, like it's like you said, it's a holistic approach. Like you need medicine from science and you also need medicine from Mother Earth to help us become, because we're two pieces, you know, like we're not just one type of individual or, or one type of person. We have all these things going through us. Mm -hmm. and, and it's the well, mental aspect as well, the mental, emotional, energetics, as well as the physical and what our mainstream medicine does is it focuses in on the physical and it compartmentalizes our bodies, which is, um, I mean, I suppose it's one way to deal with medicine. If you've stubbed your toe, you're really going to focus on the toe and that could totally heal. But if you're looking at it from a holistic perspective, you may ask, why 
did you stub your toe? Like, what was going on in your mind? What were you thinking about? What were you feeling? What were you going through at the time that you stubbed your toe? Right? And that, that piece is missing, generally speaking. That's, that piece is missing in, in mainstream medicine. I fully agree with you because the, the, I, I feel as I learned more about history and how like the history kind of we learned was not necessarily the true history, if you will, of the world, where how like doctors were doing stuff that quote unquote witches nowadays would be um, uh, accused of. And whereas the witches, quote unquote, were actually doing the science and the actual work of the medicine doctors, but they were looked at as witches because they're female or they're out in nature or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I love how it's kind of now switched. Doctors are doing the more scientific stuff that the uh, the witches of past are doing, and now the witches are doing all the mystical things, but it's not mystical. They're just yeah. staying in their nature and looking at the, the whole image because they understand that it comes from Mother Earth and like we're all just beings here enjoying sometimes this journey we're on <laughs> sometimes it's well Look, i've often said being human is not for the faint of heart no it's not it's not <laughs> it's a, it takes a very strong person to be a human and uh yeah. to live these life and sometimes people are given a, a life that is far unfair to them um but hey there's a lesson in it that we need to learn compassion in that um i want to know what because you you're dealing with like the holistic uh, aspect of people, and so sometimes they can get really dark um, because there's people who have uh, a lot of issues and stuff like that, and it it's personal, it's everything, it's society, and that um, you must get sometimes some like down days, like days that just feel darker than regular. <laughs> Do you have memories that kind of like help you through them? Or do you have a practice that you do to get through those darkened days of entrepreneurialism? Yes. Um, and it's interesting when we talk about entrepreneurialism as if it were something separate from our the day-to-day -day life that we live. But I, okay. for myself personally as an entrepreneur, I embody that in all aspects of my life. So I'm always looking for what's a way, what's a better way, or what's a different way that I can do something? Uh, or I'll see something and think, okay, how can I turn that into a healing product that I can then have available for people to use on their healing journey? And on those days when things feel a little heavier and a little darker and a little more manic, maybe, because I think entrepreneurs are, yeah, by nature, we're kind of manic. I, I will allow myself what I call the pity party for half an hour to maybe an hour if it's a really really dark day it might be the morning and the pity party is just where I let myself feel whatever it is that I'm feeling if I'm feeling frustrated or I'm feeling um, like I'm not good enough or I feel like nothing's working whatever it is that's coming up that's showing up I let myself be there for it because it's telling me something it's got a message for me there's a reason why maybe I'm feeling like it's not all coming together. And once I've allowed myself to kind of wallow in that, that little pity party, then I give my head a shake and I put on my, you know, my big girl boots and I say, right now, what are we going to do about it? What's an action that I can do that I can, I can connect with that will help me see the bigger picture of the why of all of what I do. 
So even this morning, I was having this experience where I was looking around my house. Right now, it's a bit chaotic because I'm doing a huge purge. I'm just pulling all kinds of things out of closets and, and you know cupboards and drawers and looking at what I have and asking myself, do I need this? And as that's happening externally in my world right now, it's also happening happening internally in what I believe and what I'm thinking, especially about my business and my work, because I'm in this relaunch after a, a period of hibernating with, mm-hmm. with my work. So I'm, I'm applying what I'm doing in my home as I'm decluttering into my business. What do I need in my business today? What do I need in my business next week? What do I need in my business six months from now? What don't I need? Like, what can I put down that served a function for a time, but is no longer something that I want to put my focus on? So it's a, it's a sort of mental emotional exercise of, of, at first, allowing those feelings to come forward, and then asking those feelings, what do you need from me? And then how can I address what's showing up, right? So if I'm feeling like I'm doing too much, which is a place where a lot of entrepreneurs end up with, um, and I'm feeling overwhelmed, how can I just go to feeling whelmed instead of overwhelmed? Okay, like, okay, I have enough on my plate, I'm good. That's right, that's right. Yeah, like not underwhelmed, but not overwhelmed. Just, I just like to be whelmed. (laughs) I've never thought about just being whelmed. I'm so used to being overwhelmed or underwhelmed. I'm just like, can I just, that's amazing. I've never thought of it like that. And I like that because it, it allows us to still take on a bit more than we're normally capable of mm-hmm. and be satisfied, but not feel like, oh my God, I can't finish this plate of like Thanksgiving uh, goodies that we want to, we usually overstuff ourselves and entrepreneurs are very, very um, guilty of over, of overindulging if it is on things until they get that that level where they know they're they're good and do we ever get to that level no i think i i think we we our our acts our ability to take in more just grow Mm -hmm. our plate grows so it looks like it's getting less but it's just getting more because the plate's bigger because the plate's bigger that's a good analogy i like that the plate just gets keeps getting bigger and we're just like yeah i'm fine with this 300 pounds holding a a giant plate of entrepreneurial goodness (laughs) And then that, that our mates or our partners are looking at this massive plate thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> What's wrong with you? How can you finish that? That's right. Why can you do it all? And, and I find myself asking asking entrepreneurs when they they do so much like yourself. You're a writer. You're a public speaker. You're a radio. Like I, I, so much you, you, you currently do. And I want to touch on the writing because I'm, I'm always fascinated by writers. They... I've always wanted to be a writer. Well, I consider myself a writer. I, I podcast, I can write script, but I haven't published yet. I'm not a published author yet, and I'm going to be. That's one of the goals of my life. What was it like writing your book? Oh, well, the book in, a, in and of itself, well, it's more than a book. It's a box set. There's all these yeah. new pieces because that's how I do things. <laughs> um, but to, to make it, to come, yeah, to the book itself, because that, that is a piece of it. That process for me was terrifying. And I say that because I was informed internally by my muse, whoever that it gives us these, these messages, that it had to be personal. Hmm. So, so the, the box set itself is, is a deck of oracle cards. And then there's a, a book that teaches you about the cards and how to work with them and my personal story. 
about why these cards specifically feature hearts that I found in nature. And I've worked with oracle cards and tarot cards and other, other sort of inspirational meditational materials like that for decades. And I use them with my clients all the time. And the piece that I always found was missing for me in working with these materials was the personal story. Like, why did the author choose those particular images or that particular theme? Um, and it's relevant because, to me, it's relevant because in the work that I do, it's all about the story, our personal story and what and how we live in that story and how we let that story define us and if that's healthy or if it's not healthy. So all of that is to say that I had a story. I had a story about leaving a 23-year marriage where I'd married my best friend almost out of high school. Well, no, we were in our late 20s, but we'd been dating since high school mm. um, and with little children and you know everything that that entails and how gut-wrenching that is. And my desire was to do it with as much integrity as possible. And I had said to the universe, I just, I just need a sign. Just give me a sign that when I see that thing, I'll know that I'm following my heart above all other voices. And the universe with a great sense of humor said, sure, we're going to show you hearts. <laughs> you're going to see these hearts. And when you see these hearts, you're going to remember to take a breath and recognize that you're in this situation for a reason. It has meaning and purpose, and you're doing the best you can with what you know and how you're doing it. So as I came out of that experience and was then on my own with my little girls and starting my, like making my healing practice my main form of income, uh, I knew that I had to write that story. I had to share that story. And why that's terrifying is because once you put that story out into the world, it's not yours anymore. Right, I, I can tell you my story and I can explain myself to you and I can explain my actions and why I made the choices that I made as a way to justify what I did, I suppose. But if you're reading my story and I'm not there to explain it, then you get to have your own experience of it. And it has nothing to do with me anymore. It's not mine anymore. And so that idea of putting it down on paper and then publishing it and letting it go out the door and not having any more to do with it, that was terrifying. That was the terrifying part because I had spent a lot of my life living in what I thought were other people's judgments of me. And part of my healing journey was in letting that go and realizing that I didn't have to worry about what other people thought of me because it's actually none of my business what someone else thinks of me. And any person's experience of me is going to be through their filters. It's going to be because of how they see the world, not because of anything that I have said or done. But to come to that understanding, part of that was through the personal story that I share about being in that marriage and then being the one to say, this isn't working and and we can't do this like this anymore. And then to and then to do it, like then to leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's quite a thing to admit to and then also to say to the world, here, you can take this story now and you can do whatever you want with it. Maybe you will judge me as being a horrible person, or maybe you'll you'll read the story and go, wow, I thought I was the only one who had that experience, or wow, this woman did it. I can do it too. I can take, I can take something from this story and it, it can give me courage, you know? Um, so it's not a simple answer because it is such a personal uh, a project that I created um, that then is, that is now in the, in the world. And people are experiencing it. And 
yeah, it's pretty amazing, actually. I, I wanted to touch on that because it is you're, you, you've released your story into the world, and now you have the act, the ability, or the the access to hear from others who got changed from your story, who see your story completely different than how you saw your story. Mm-hmm. What what has that been like? That has been, without a doubt, one of the best parts of the whole thing. Um, you know, anytime that I get up and speak in front of an audience or I hold a workshop or come on a podcast like this or do my own, um, and I, and, and people reach out to me afterwards to say, thank you. Just thank you so much for saying what you said. Cause I just, I needed to hear those exact words today. And I think my life is going to be different now. It's so humbling. And I say that from the bottom of my heart, it's so humbling to have that connection and to have that connection with a person that I don't know, you know, they, this is a stranger who has, has received something. They were open to receiving something from what was shared and, and it's going to change their lives. And it's, it's not coming from a place of, Ooh, I did that. It's coming from a place of, wow, look what they did. They did that. And I get to be a part of it. And that's really beautiful. But at the end of the day, they, they did it. And that is so satisfying to me. That brings me so much joy that actually I'm going to get very emotional just thinking about it. Um, I, I Well, first of all, thank you for expressing that those emotions because I think it's worthwhile knowing how the authors or the individuals that are helping people actually do get touched and actually do feel a positivity from the work that they're doing because a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes they don't see the work that they're doing they don't see the life yeah. that they're changing because it's there's like either they have a business and there's a buffer mm-hmm. the person they're helping and them so there's like this filter if you will whereas with your book your talks there is no filter because it's your story that you're telling that people are relating to and there's no there's no there's no buffer there's nothing except a thin veil if we will there is always that thin veil between us and the people we're helping um but yours is super thin so you like like you were just getting emotional just moments before talking like i i have yet to have an entrepreneur that has had that emotional experience so i want to first thank you for sharing that with myself and my audience and showing that like emotions are okay we're cool well, they are, and we have them. That's why we're human, and that's one of the reasons I think we come here, um, is to be in the experience of the physical, emotional, energetic, spiritual body. And that body isn't only the physical body; it's it's all these other energy fields that we that we surround ourselves with, or that we are surrounded by. And any time that we're interacting with someone, whether they're face to face or you know here like we are on the screen, our energy fields are combined they're they're interacting with each other we're in each other's energy field so if i am not prepared to be completely genuine with a client with a friend with a stranger on the street with an audience member with you then you're not getting the full experience of me and i'm not going to be able to then get the full experience of you and that's i think why we're here i mean i believe that's why we're here on you know planet earth is to have the full experience of one another and we are such strongly intuitive creatures that we know, whether it's conscious or unconscious, we know when someone is holding back or isn't being genuine or has a wound that's that's keeping them, you know, where they're putting up a wall to keep themselves safe. 
we know that. And then depending on what we've learned in our lives about how to interact with other people, we, we will know, uh, we will, we will have a response to that. Right. And if we're coming from an open heart place, then the response that we have to that is one of compassion and it's one of patience and it's one of understanding, um, and acceptance for where the other person is. And if we're not there, then we're going to have a different experience with them. And we're going to have, and we're going to have, I don't know, what's the right word I'm looking for? Like constriction or friction. Friction. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Um, Megan, we are getting closer to the end of the episode, which I hate because I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation. Um, it's percolating ideas mm -hmm. and it just um, allows me to see that like my journey is an okay journey because you survived it. You've gotten more. However, I want to go back in time. I have 10 year old Megan right here beside me. It's funny. I'm in a, <laughs> my friend's daughter's room. So it, it makes it a little more apropos, if you will. Um, uh, yeah, I have 10 year old Megan here. She's a spitfire. She's ready to go. What single piece of advice would you give your 10 year old self if you had the opportunity to uh, give your 10 year old self uh, advice? I would tell her not to change a single thing. I would tell her to just be herself, who she is, who she's going to be, and not worry about what anyone else is thinking about her. Just don't worry about that because, again, it's none of, none of her business. She just, she just has to show up in the world and let people see her. That would be the advice that I would give her. Also, the color of the, of the wall behind you is the exact color that my bedroom was when I was in the home. It's even better. It's, it's the universe is showing uh, that it was meant to be. Um, I, I love it. And I think that's some amazing advice. And that's been kind of consistent throughout the episode. What other people think isn't our business. It's their business. Um, I think that's some great, great advice for not only myself, the audience, and the 10-year-old self, um, but for everybody when they're starting their business. doesn't matter if what people think about your business. It's their business. Um, and it isn't, I want to just say a caveat to that. It isn't that it's not important what someone else is feeling about you or thinking about you or experiencing about you. I don't want it to feel like their experience doesn't matter because it does. And it's relevant, especially if a conversation is going to happen between the other person. It's just that you don't have any control over what someone else thinks about you or the way you do things or how you run your business or your life. You don't have a say in how they think or, or feel about it. So why spend time and energy worrying or trying to meet an expectation that you've projected onto them of what you think they want you to be or need to be? That's energy that's being leaked out and is not helping you to focus in on what matters to you and what's most important for you and how you're going to show up in the world. I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, Megan, I'm going to jump off screen. I want you to let my audience know where they can connect with you, where they can get your book, because I know you're coming out with a, a re-editorialized, uh, maybe, or an updated version of the book. We'll go with updated version. You're, you have an updated version of the book coming out. So the floor is yours. Thank you. And thank you, Phil, for a really wonderful um, podcast experience. Um, if you're looking to reach out to me, there's a number of different places you can find me where we are working on a new website right now. I'll give you the address, but don't go there just yet. <laughs> it's uh, meganedge.ca. But you can also find me on Facebook, 
You can find me at beyondthegardengate.ca. That's another one of my websites. I'm on LinkedIn under Megan Edge. And you can also find us on, find me on YouTube under Megan Edge Healing. I have a vast number of videos, workshops, inspirational pieces, my own podcast, and uh, lots of great resources there. So I look forward to connecting with you and and connecting with you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Oh, Megan, it was my pleasure to my audience. Check out the show notes down below. All the links to Megan's stuff will be there. Make sure you pick up her book, uh, her box set, so that you can take your your healing to the next level. Ooh, are we? Oh, <laughs> very nice. And, it's a, yeah. and we can see the book over your shoulder as well. So that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Megan, I can't thank you enough for being here, sharing your story and teaching me about how to be a better healed version of myself. Um, mm. And it's okay to uh, be a little scared. So I thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. And to my audience, remember to always invest in yourself. <laughs>